God bless you. This is Pastor Brian, and I hope uh, you got your Bible wherever you're tuning in from, uh, because I believe that God has a word of encouragement, and challenge, and inspiration uh, for you. By the way, if this word touches you today, and you know of anybody who needs this word, uh, I'm going to be sharing the same word live and in person at our Carson campus tonight at 5 p.m., uh, you could get the address on our website. If you're able, I want to invite you to stand to your feet uh, for the reading of God's Word. Let's turn to 1 John chapter 2, verses 18 through 23. 1 John chapter 2, verses 18 through 23. If you're able, uh, let's stand to our feet as we honor uh, the word of the king of the universe, our Lord and Savior, uh, Jesus Christ. 1 John chapter 2, verse 18 through 23. Pay attention to the word of the Lord. Little children, it is the last hour. Someone say last hour. Someone say last hour. If you're in the house today, say last hour. Help me out now, somebody. <laughs> it is the last hour, and as you have heard that the Antichrist is coming, even now many Antichrists have come, by which we know that it is the last hour. Someone say last hour. They went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would have continued with us, but they went out that they might be made manifest that none of them were of us. Verse 20. But you have an anointing from the Holy One. I love that phrase. Let me just pause for a second. Let me tell you. If you're a born-again believer, you are anointed by God. You are anointed by God. Pastor Sandy. You are anointed by God. You are anointed by God. I love that. Yeah, I love that scripture. It says you, you have an anointing. Look at verse 20. It says, but you have an anointing from the Holy One. In that anointing is strength. In that anointing is power. In that anointing is divine ability to do whatever it is that is in front of you. Always remember that the power that is inside of you is always greater than the problem that is before you. Always remember that. You know why? Not because you're strong. Not because you're smart. But because you're anointed. You're anointed. In fact, I want to tell somebody listening right now. You have already been anointed to step into the next season of your life. You're already anointed. Already. Stop looking for something else. You're already anointed. Go back to the scripture. Verse 20. But you have an anointing from the Holy One, and you know all things. I have not written to you because you do not know the truth, but because you know it, and that no lie is of the truth. Look at verse 22. Who is a liar but he who denies that Jesus is the Christ? He is antichrist who denies the Father and the Son. Look at verse 23. Whoever denies the Son does not have the Father either. Check that in your mind. Check that in your mind because you're going to hear a lot of people in life that are going to say, I believe in Jesus, but I don't believe in God. Or, check that, I'm sorry. Rather, they're going to say, I believe in God, but I do not believe in Jesus. 
You're going to hear a lot of people that say that. You're going to hear a lot of people that say, I believe in God, but I don't believe in Jesus. Let me remind you, our Bible teaches that if you reject the Son, you reject the Father. That's what our Bible teaches us. It says it right here. Whoever denies the Son does not have the Father either. He who acknowledges the Son has the Father also. Let us pray. Father God, we thank you for your word this morning. I pray that you speak through me a word of edification, exhortation, and prophecy, Lord God. I pray that you speak through me a word of deliverance. I pray that people that are listening, even the people in the house today, that through the power of your word, they'll be drawn closer to you. In the name of Jesus, we pray. And everyone says, amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. If you've been journeying with us these last several Sundays, you know that we're in this series entitled Living in the Know. Someone say, Living in the Know. We are studying this subject, Living in the Know, as we go kind of section by section through uh, the letter of First John. That word know, K-N-O-W, is one of the key words that Apostle John uses in his letter. And I pray uh, that you are experiencing the power of God in fresh ways as we look uh, more and more to God's Word. We look to His Word. Now we studied, we've learned uh, that Apostle John uh, has been teaching us that God is light. Uh, Apostle John has been teaching us that if you claim to know God, you better act like it. If you claim to know God, you better act like it. We, we've learned that there was people in John's day who were claiming to know God, but their life was not showing it. And, and John said, no, 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 no. If you claim to know God, then your life must demonstrate it. And if you say you know Jesus, but your life is not demonstrating it, something is wrong. We also learned that Apostle John has been teaching us not to love the world. Not to love the world or the things of the world. Don't love the things of the world. And I always, I always like, I, I taught my, my daughter this, this weekend. I said to my daughter, she's 10 years old, and we bought her uh, a pair of boots. She was excited. She got a pair of boots. She was excited about these pair of boots. And we used that as a teaching lesson to say, listen, enjoy the things of the world, but don't fall in love with the things of the world. Enjoy them, be blessed by them, but don't center your life around them. In other words, whether, they're, whether the good things are in your, of the world are in your life or not, you still got to praise the Lord. You still got to serve the Lord. Good days, bad days. So, so yes, we, we enjoy the blessings that are in the world, but, but we try not to cheat on God with the blessings that he, that he gives us. I don't know why I said that, but I said it. Now, as we go deeper into the text this morning, Apostle John gets deeper and deeper in his warning uh, to us. And he kind of rings a bell. He, he rings the bell of a warning. He rings the bell. Ding, 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 ding. And I want us, particularly Chapla Change, I want us to uh, reflect upon two reflections uh, this morning. I, wanna, I want us to consider two main reflections uh, in our study this morning in the passage of Scripture that I read. And here's number one. Number one, we are called to the last of last days. Chapel of Change. Chapel of Change. I want you to listen to what I want to tell you. Uh, I really want you to get this in your spirit. 
I need need this to get past your mind, and I need it to get in your spirit. Chapel of Change. You, you are called to the last of the last days. That's you. You have a calling upon your life. You have a calling upon your life. You are called to the last of the last days. Now listen, listen. Verse 18, Apostle John says this. Little children... It is the last hour. Someone say last hour. It is the last hour. And as you have heard that the Antichrist is coming, even now many Antichrists have come by which we know that it is the last hour. Now when you study the Bible, you'll learn that the, that the last hour uh, refers to the end times. It refers to the end days. It refers to the last days. Now, if, if Apostle John taught that the last days started when he was physically living, which was approximately 2,000 years ago, then it bears uh, to reason that, that we today uh, are, are not just living in the last days, but we're living in the last of the last days. Are you picking up what I'm putting down? Chapel of change. You got to get this. Because if you don't get this, you're going to miss it. If you don't get this, you're going to miss it. You are called to the last of the last days. Apostle John warns us what time it is so that we don't waste our opportunity to advance God's kingdom in our generation. That's why he warns us about what time it is. Apostle John warns us what time it is so that we don't blow our opportunity to be the light in a dark generation. That's why he reminds us what time it is. He says it twice. He says it's the last hour. So I want to remind my brothers and sisters, whether you're from Chapel of Change or not, if you're a born again Christian, listen, do you know what time it is? Do you know what time it is? Do you know what time it is on God's great eternal clock God has an eternal clock and it is ticking it's ticking my brothers and sisters it's tick tock tick tock tick tock people that don't know what time it is will miss opportunities they'll miss opportunities people that don't know what time it is will you know, they'll, they'll blow their chances. People who are not aware of the time don't, don't know uh, what's going on. People that are not aware of the time will show up late. They'll show up late. One of my pet peeves, especially in leadership, is showing up late. <laughs> showing up late because that tells me you lost sight of what time it is. Someone once said that there's three types of people in this world. Them that make things happen, them that watch things happen, and them that sit back and wonder what happened. So John, he reminds us what time it is, and we get these warnings. We get these warnings all throughout the scripture. John is not the only one. He's not the only one. In fact, Apostle John reminds us in, in Romans chapter 13, verse 11. I'm going to put it up on the screen. Listen to what uh, Apostle Paul, I should say, says. He said, this is all the more urgent, for you know how late it is. Time is running out. Wake up. Wake up. Wake up. 
I was studying this and getting prepared and something hit me and I wrote it down on my notes. I don't know who this is for, but I wrote something down on my notes I want to share. This is what it says. It says, don't let Corona put you to sleep. Don't let Corona, and I'm not talking about alcohol right here. Uh, don't let Corona put you to sleep. First Corinthians chapter 7 verse 29 says the time is short. The time is short. And then Apostle uh, Paul says it in 1 uh, Corinthians chapter 10, verse 11. I'm going to put it up on the screen. He says, now all these things happen to them uh, as examples, and they were written for our admonition upon whom the end of the ages have come. Oh, man, that's powerful. Upon whom the end of time have come. That means the, the last of the last of days have, have come upon us, Chapel of Change. I'm excited, I'm excited, I'm excited. Now think about this. Think about this for a second. Think about this. Think about this. this was, I would like to remind you. Think about this. Um, God could have allowed you to be birthed at any time in history, but he allowed you to live now. He allowed you to live now. He allowed you to live now. He chose us, Chapel of Change, to come on the field in the last of the last days during his plan of redemption. He called us to enter the field on the last days. He chose us, Chapel of Change, Chapel of Change. He chose us, chose us to be closers. He chose us to be finishers. He chose us to be closers. He chose us to be finishers. Think about that because that is a special calling. That is a special calling, Chapel of Change. That is a special calling. When, when you get chose to be a finisher, when you get chose to be a closer, uh, that is a special calling from God in the natural realm, in the natural uh, when you think about sports, when you think about uh, basketball and baseball and football, listen, not just anybody comes onto the field in the last couple minutes of the game. Not just anybody comes on the field in the last couple minutes of the game. The coach does not allow just anybody to be closers. In fact, if you're going to be a closer in the natural realm, you got to be able to take the heat, you got to be able to produce, and you got to be able to score. Got to be able to score. Got to be able to produce. You got to be able to take the heat. Got to be able to perform. Listen, God entrusts us to do all that right now. Now. Right now under the, the current situation that we're living in in 2020. He entrusts us to do all that it is not the time to recoil it is not the time to be curled up in fear it is not the time to back away no kingdom of god it is time to advance it is time to progress it is time to take some territory even in the midst of the coronavirus even in the midst we're, we're decided we, we decided chapel of change is decided by the grace of god we're going to master this pandemic going to master it. We're going to we're going to do what God has called us to do. We're going to figure it out. We're going to figure it out. We're shifting our mentality from just surviving to thriving in the midst of this pandemic to the glory of God. This is one of the reasons why we just purchased uh, this large revival tent. We've been talking about this revival tent for the uh, for the last uh, maybe a couple of months. This is one of the reasons why we just purchased it. By the way, uh, I got great news. The the revival tent has arrived. It has arrived to the glory of God. That's a picture 
of it arriving. It, it arrived last Friday, and our time frame, God willing, is that by September, uh, we'll have it up and running to the glory of God. Keep us in prayer. Keep us in prayer. Because listen, we're determined to master this pandemic. We're determined to advance the kingdom of God. We, we refuse to recoil in fear. We're going to do what we got to do because we are called to the last of last days. We're affectionately calling the tent the tabernacle. The tabernacle. It's, it's the place where the presence of God dwells. And we're believing that that tent is going to be uh, a place where people get saved and delivered and healed. And it's not too late uh, to help us financially if you so choose to. You can, you can give to that project because we're believing that it's going to be used to save souls. So Chapel of Change, remember this, remember this. We are called to the last of the last days. And I am challenging the church. You got to worship with us whether online or on campus. You got to worship with us. You got to engage. You got to stay engaged, Chapel of Change, whether online or on campus. You got to stay engaged. From Nothing is going to come easy no more. Nothing is going to come easy. Your prayer is not going to come easy. Praise is not going to come easy. Your worship is not going to come easy. Your service to the king is not going to come easy. You're going to have to do what Jesus said, press into the kingdom of God. So I encourage you, I challenge you, Chapel of Change, Stay connected to the move of God uh, at Chapel of Change, whether online or on campus in person. Uh, it's not time to recoil in fear. It's time to advance. It's time to advance. So we are called to the last of the last days. And then I want to give you two markers of the last days. Two markers of the last days. What, 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 what is... What, what does it kind of look like um, in the last the last days? What, what, sh what should we be aware of, right? What should we be aware of in the last of last days? Let me give you two markers. Number one, uh, there is going to be the spirit of the Antichrist amongst us. The spirit of the Antichrist is going to be amongst us. And we get this from verse 18. Look at what it says. It says, in the last hour, it is the last hour, and as you have heard that the Antichrist is coming... Even now many antichrists have come by which we know that it is the last hour. So we need to be, be careful that we don't fall victim of the spirit of the antichrist. Got to be careful because the spirit of the antichrist has been unleashed upon the world. And John, John attested that. So, so we got to be careful. So what is the goal? What is the goal? Uh, what is the objective of the spirit of the antichrist? Let me, let me unpack that a little bit. Well, the spirit of the antichrist seeks to minimize Jesus. The spirit of the Antichrist minimizes Jesus. The spirit of the Antichrist tries, tries to take away from who Jesus really is and, and what, what Jesus really deserves. We get that in verse 22. Pay attention. This is what he says. He says, who is a liar but he who denies that Jesus is the Christ. You see that? The spirit of the Antichrist seeks to deny that Jesus is the Christ. John also in chapter 4 verse 3 says this. Pay attention. Pay attention. I'm teaching you something. Every spirit that does not acknowledge Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist. The, every, every spirit that does not acknowledge that Jesus is not from God 
Every spirit that does not acknowledge that Jesus is not from God, this is the spirit of the Antichrist. The spirit of the Antichrist seeks to minimize Jesus. Our purpose is to exalt Jesus. Our purpose is to magnify Jesus. Uh, the spirit of the Antichrist's purpose is to minimize Jesus. Beware. Beware of churches that do not exalt Jesus. Beware of churches that do not celebrate Jesus or do not talk about Jesus. Beware of churches that do not sing about Jesus. Beware. Beware. Beware of people who minimize Jesus. Beware of people who minimize Jesus. You've, you've heard people say, I believe in God, but I don't follow Jesus. I believe in God, but I don't follow Jesus. Beware. The spirit of the Antichrist seeks to minimize Jesus, but also the spirit of the Antichrist seeks to replace Jesus. Replace Jesus. Can I take you a little bit deeper on your understanding about the spirit of the Antichrist? For years, I thought the prefix anti only meant to be against, to be against. And so I automatically assumed that the spirit of the Antichrist was just about being against Christ. I viewed the spirit of the Antichrist as someone or something against Christ. And that is true. That is true. The spirit of the Antichrist is against Christ. But there's a secondary meaning to that prefix anti. And the secondary meaning is in place of or replace. It means in place of or replace. Anti-Christ, anti-Christ, replace Christ. Get this, get this, because I'm about to pull the covers over the enemy in your life today. I'm about to pull the covers. Listen, I'm about to pull the blanket back. Listen, the spirit of the Antichrist tries to get, to put things in your life to replace Christ. That's the strategy of the enemy. The spirit of the Antichrist tries to replace Christ uh, in our lives with other things and other people. That's, that's the whole objective of the spirit of the Antichrist. Or, or the, the main objective is to, to put things in your life that replaces Jesus. So, so you no longer worship Jesus, you worship something else. You no longer bow to Jesus, you bow to something else. You no longer follow Jesus, you follow someone else. So some of us uh, put our jobs in the place of Christ. Some of us put our uh, relationships in the place of Christ. Let me tell you something. A spouse does not make a good God. A spouse does not make a good God. Some of you don't even realize this, but you've been worshiping your spouse and you're falling victim of the spirit of the Antichrist. Some of us put sports in the place of Christ. Put sports. It won't come to church because you're going to watch sports. You really can't make that excuse to Chapel Chains because we've got like 50 million services. So I'm trying to take that excuse away for you for, because on the day of judgment, when God says, how many times did you worship me in the midst of the congregation, you'll have a good answer. Amen? <laughs> you'll have a good answer. Some of us put our kids... In the place of Christ. Kids make a terrible God. Kids make a terrible God. You want to you know 
You want to know what you are putting in the place of Christ in your life? You want to know what you're putting in the place of Christ? Let me, let me give you some insight. This is how you can find out what you're putting in the place of Christ in your life. Trace down what you give, what you give most of your time, talent, and treasure to. Trace it down. Hunt it down. Do an investigation. Do an evaluation. Do an audit. Do an audit on what you give most of your treasure, your time, and your talent to. And if you trace that down, you will find your Christ. You will find your Christ at the end of that rainbow right there. There's the spirit of the Antichrist that, among, that is amongst us that we need to be aware of. But then lastly, the second marker of the last days is that there's also going to be the spirit of revival amongst us. There's also going to be the spirit of revival amongst us. We're kind of living in a funny time. We're living in strange times. It's almost like the best of times and the worst of times at the same time. It's almost like the best of times and the worst of times at the same time. And then God is calling us to be fruitful in the midst of all that. In the last days, there'll be a spirit of revival that is unleashed into the world. In Acts chapter 2, the apostle Peter confirmed this. When he, on the day of Pentecost, and they were asking what was going on, and, and, and Apostle Peter, he stood in front of the people, and he, and he actually quoted the prophet, uh, prophet Joel. He said, and, and it shall come to pass in the last days, there goes that word again, the last days, the last days, says God, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. All flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your men shall see visions. And your old men shall dream dreams. On the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh in the last days. Now remember, remember the scripture teaches that where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Remember that, 1 Corinthians chapter 3 says where the, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. So when we talk about the spirit of revival, we're talking about deliverance. We're talking about freedom. We're talking about healing. We're talking about salvation, chaplet change. This is why God doesn't want us to recoil during this time. Because there's a great harvest about to come into the kingdom of God. And He needs soldiers on the front line. He needs soldiers on the front line. Listen, I got a, I got a visual as I, was, as I was preparing this message. I was thinking about the tent, right? And I got a visual. The tent is really not a tent. You know what the tent is? The tent is a net. It's a net. It's going to bring in a harvest of souls. When we talk about revival, we're talking about deliverance. We're talking about healing. We're talking about salvation. We, Chapel of Change, get to be a small part in this end time harvest, this end time revival. And that's exciting to me. That's exciting to me, even beyond the coronavirus, even beyond the depression and the neck. negativity that is out in the world today I'm excited because God has called us to be a part of his end time plan his harvest we get to experience levels of this revival I mean if, if that doesn't excite you the elevator don't go all the way up Chapel of Change has actually experienced levels of revival in the last eight years we've experienced 
levels of revival that that where where God has shown us his power and and God has shown us his wonder and working power we've seen it we've seen it amongst us and and it's not over the best is yet to come it's not over not over one of the stories uh, that I celebrate is um our sister Taylor Taylor Flynn our sister Taylor Flynn when Taylor first came to Chapel of Change. Her life was in the grip of Satan. The devil had a grip on her life. And she was suffering from paranoia and insomnia. She was fearful. She was depressed. She was dabbling in, in witchcraft and other things. And she, she lost her job and was losing relationships. And she was hurting her family. And then, oh, thank God for believing mamas. Thank God for believing mamas. Because her mama... Her mama took her, actually took her to Pastor Laura and Pastor Irene. And Pastor Laura and Irene sat down with Taylor, talked to Taylor, but didn't just, didn't just counsel Taylor because there's some things in our life that can't be counseled out. They got to they, they gotta be prayed out. They sat down with Taylor and they began to pray with her. They begin to lay hands on her. They begin to get her filled with the Holy Spirit of God. And Taylor testifies as, as she begins to get filled uh, with the Spirit of the Lord. She testifies that chains begin to break in her life. She begins to testify that the heaviness begins to be lifted up out of her life. She begins to testify that she begins to break through the depression and the discouragement. And Jesus, Jesus broke the grip of Satan upon her life. Broke the grip. And right here, right here, we... We water baptized Taylor Flynn at Chapel of Change to the glory of God. And when you see this picture and you see the arm up, that arm up is a sign of victory in the, to the glory of God. Because this is what the spirit of revival does. It brings deliverance. Now, does that mean that she has a perfect life and she's not going to struggle no more? No, it doesn't mean that. It means that she is saved. That means that she's in a, a stronger position. It means that she is now a new creation in Christ Jesus. And that she has the armor of God to fight the devil now. And now, Sister Taylor Flynn is actually our young adult leader at our Carson campus. She's, she's helping to lead Young adults into the spirit of revival. Ain't that, ain't that God? Ain't that God? I'm telling you, God is not done with us, Chapel of Change. God is not done. Now is not the time to recoil. Not, now is not the time to back up. Now is the time for us to worship like never before, pray like never before, serve like never before, reach like never before, and be sent out like never before. Like never before. Just... Last Tuesday, last Tuesday, I was at my wife's office doing some work, and Pastor Bo and Tammy, they lead a prayer booth on the street, right outside of our Paramount uh, campus is Alondra, it's a big major uh, street, and every Tuesday they're out there uh, on a prayer booth on the street, they put a sign up, free Bible, they put a sign up, free prayer, and they sit there, they wave hi, and they invite people for prayer that drive by. And I don't know how many cars drive by. There must be thousands of cars that drive, possibly millions in a matter of a month. And last Tuesday, I was doing work in my wife's office that is near the front gate. And I overheard a young man walk up to Pastor Bo. 
And this young man told Pastor Bold that he's been fearful. This young man told Pastor Bold that he's in the middle of work and he was driving in his company's work car, but he had to pull over. He had to pull over and he had to get out of his truck and he approached Pastor Bold and he told Pastor Bold, he said, you know what? My mama's been telling me about God. My mama's been telling me to cry out to Jesus and I've just been feeling that I need a Bible and I was driving down Alondra during my work and I seen you had a sign there that said free Bible and I felt to get out of my car and I pulled over and here I am Bo here I am and I heard him telling that to Bo and I was texting somebody and I was doing some work some some work and I said you know what I got to put this down I need to be where God is working not where I'm working and I put the work down and I went out there and I just needed to be by the work of God I didn't interfere if the Holy Spirit started it the Holy Spirit will end it and I stood there by this young man by the name of Alex surrendered to the Lord Jesus Christ on the streets, on the streets, in the middle of his work. He risked his job because he needed Jesus. This is a sign, my brothers and sisters, of what is to come, that there is a harvest ready for us, Chapel of Change. There is a harvest out there, and we're going to reach them, whether online or on campus. We're going to be on the front lines for the kingdom of God. Man, that was a powerful experience. Moved my heart to see this young man surrender. That's a picture of him lifting up his hands to Jesus in the middle. I mean, in the middle of the street, like, to the glory of God. My brothers and sisters, chaplet change. We are in the last of last days, and God has called us to bring in the harvest. Let us, let us move forward. Let us press forward in the name of Jesus. Let's bow our heads for a moment of reflection. With every head bowed and every eye closed, let's bow our heads in the name of Jesus. Wherever you're at, if you're in your living room, just bow your head right now. If you're sitting in your car, bow your head in, in reverence to God. Let's bow our heads and just think about it. Let's reflect. Let's reflect upon the word of the Lord. What was the word, what was the word of the Lord trying to get across to you this morning? to God's word if you're watching this morning and you're not right with God and you need to get right with God I want to give you an opportunity to repent revival starts with repentance revival starts with repentance I want to give you an opportunity to repent wherever you're at you just say this prayer with me from your heart say this prayer with me Lord God I am sorry I messed up and I turned against you please forgive me today I repent for my sins 
and I surrender to you. Help me, Lord, to serve you. Help me, Lord, to follow after you. Lord, I don't want to waste my life. I want you. Lord, fill me with your Holy Ghost. Fill me with your Holy Ghost, Lord. Fill me, Lord. Fill me. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen and amen and amen and amen. Praise God, praise God.